Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 26. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about measures of health. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea. Hello. How are you? I'm out of breath. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At that stage, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, You know, talking, sitting, laying down, walking, just about everything yeah. makes me out of breath these days. Yeah. You know what's sad is that I don't know if I ever got out of that. It was just for different <laughs> reasons now that my cardio is done. <laughs> but yeah, I don't miss that. Sorry. I, I apologize. That's not uh, fun. It's worth it. It's all worth it. It is, right? It totally is. stretch. Yeah. And I also oh want to make many, note that we are on episode 26, which means we have been doing this solidly for six months. That's crazy. Wow. I know. Time flies. It really does. I was going to say, how many weeks are you? 31. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. When's your exact due date? July 30th. Nice. Okay. So I'm expecting an August baby because... Yeah. Nobody, nobody should expect to go early. <laughs> I mean, unless you're having twins. Just, yeah, then you're just setting yourself up for uh, fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, and I'm, I'm really just trying to take it easy. And I have all this stuff that I want to do from a business standpoint, a website standpoint. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy being pregnant. Well, as much as you can, right? Mm-hmm. And life. And then it'll, it'll all get done eventually. There's there you go. I enjoyed being pregnant. I mean, minus like the excruciating pain I had at times. <laughs> but other than that, I feel like everyone is really nice to you when you're pregnant. And I, I don't know. I enjoyed that part. You're right. People are nice, but they're also very um, forthcoming. And they feel like they can just like talk to you about it and about their stories. And like, you just need to like put up some blockers. I've had mm-hmm. a bunch of people because we're not finding out what we don't, we don't like to find out what we're having. And I have had a couple of random people that have come that I don't even know. This was a woman at CVS who said, Oh, what do you do? You're having a boy, right? Uh-oh. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I just, the stigma of like how people carry based on if they're having a boy or uh-huh. girl, like it, it's just not something. It's, it's I feel like we're gonna talk about this kind of thing. Like you don't comment on people's appearance. Why you know you shouldn't? Mm-hmm. Why do you, can you? Is it okay to do that in pregnancy? And yeah. I've had people tell me like, "Oh, you're a cute pregnant. You're not a sloppy pregnant." I'm like, "Would, would you ever tell anyone that <gasps> you're a sloppy God. pregnant?" <laughs> Terrible. Jeez. <laughs> I luckily I feel like I didn't have too many maybe I just ignored it or like didn't even like I don't know but I didn't have too many people say things I think the one weirdest time was when I was with my brother and someone said some congratulations to him and he was like oh god I'm not the father like and the woman was like so taken aback I'm like we're brother and sister and she was like oh I'm so sorry I'm like ew yeah gross it was pretty funny he was just so grossed out. It was hilarious. <laughs> I could see my brother having issues with that, too. He's like my younger brother, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, fun stuff. 
All right. Anything anything else update business related? No, just chugging along. Um, I kind of really spent the week. I had some clients, and then other than that, I just just tried to enjoy the weekend, get yard work done, and it, it was so nice outside. So I really tried to take advantage of that. Awesome. We had a lot of rain. Oh, but we had sorry. one nice day. It was Memorial Day weekend for everyone who's wondering like mm-hmm. what we're talking about, um, even though this is airing. Uh, mm-hmm. possibly early July, I think, maybe the end of June. Um, but yeah, so we had, we had a lot of rain, but we had one sunny day and we got to go swimming and the pool's been great. So that's been really nice. So, all right, let's get to our real mom moment of the week. And this is our moment that we discussed that we're real moms and we have no desire to be perfect. I will get started with mine today and mine is giving my child rewards and... I feel like almost every parenting book says, don't use rewards, don't use rewards, don't use treats, da-da-da, sticker charts, things like that. And um, like even the potty training book, it's like, don't do it, don't do it. My child responds really well to rewards. And she does really well with sticker charts. And like, okay, so she'll go to the bathroom and she'll be like, hey mom, can I have a treat? And she knows that if she goes to the bathroom without anything, she gets a treat. It might be one, like, natural Starburst or a natural gummy bear or something like that. They're small. Doesn't happen that often. She doesn't always ask for them. But if she does remember, and I don't remind her about them, but if she does, it's like, hey, I did this. I'm really proud of myself. Can I treat myself because of it? I let her have it. And then we were having some... You'll get to this by the time you potty train. I promise you. We were having some issues with poop, which is really, really common for for kids with poop. And so we used a sticker chart for it. And the end of the sticker chart was that she got a toy. And she's almost four now. So she gets delayed. She understands the delayed gratification. It's like she knows that this toy is sitting in the closet and that once she gets all the stickers on her sticker chart, she will get it. And so it's not even like she's getting rewarded every time. It's like, oh, if I do this seven times, then I get this toy. And sometimes it's like, hey, don't forget, we got that sticker chart going over there. She goes, oh, yeah. And it'll it'll help with success. And then even last night, we just, since we're nighttime training, we started nighttime training last week. And... Um, we decided we've done about a week of it. So what we really want, we want to make sure that she doesn't fight us on going to the bathroom last thing at night and first thing in the morning. So last night we said, you know what? You just have to try and you have to give it a good try at night and in the morning. So we made a sticker chart. I drew like a moon on the one and a sun on the other that she has to get like five days in a row and she gets to go we'll go pick out it a toy. Not necessarily five days in a row, but she has to get it five days in order to get the toy. And then this morning, she walks in with her potty seat in her hand saying, Mom, I made peepees, and can I have my sticker? Like, I was mid-dream, didn't even know she was awake. She totally just remembered that we talked about this sticker chart last night. She got up, sat on the potty, and brought it in to, like, share it with me. And it was so cool. And... (laughs) So I want to tell you, for all those parents out there that use rewards with your children, despite the fact that most things tell you not to use them, sometimes they work. And I know that my kid is not going to be asking for a Skittle every time she goes potty for the rest of her life. Sour Patch Kids were kind of her thing for a while. 
<laughs> no, I think that's great. And it sounds like you have really clear boundaries around it. And I feel like that's the important part. Like, I feel like that's where things get out of hand when there's like your kids screaming on you if you, you know, aren't doing it. Then it's like, okay, you might want to reevaluate. But I feel like you find out, you found out what works for her. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think the one big fear with it is like, well, if you start with like, giving a kid an inch maybe you start with mm-hmm. one m&m or whatever it is and then they want 10 m&ms to do the same thing mm-hmm. we're pretty clear like no this is what you get and she knows like she can't have chocolate before bed so she has to pick a non-chocolate treat mm-hmm. and you know she she gets it but yeah yeah see i feel like yeah that's the boundary thing maybe we should do an episode on boundaries oh, I like that. <laughs> i'm gonna write that down <laughs> okay yeah write it down because we, we forget we have great ideas and then we totally forget them <laughs> Anyways, uh, my real mom moment of the week is just letting my kid eat stuff outside and not really caring. (laughs) Um, We were outside doing gardening and we have a gravel driveway. And you know what? He's 14 months old or almost 14 months old and he's never choked on anything. He puts things in his mouth, but he always spits them out pretty much on his own. The more I draw attention to it, the more he puts things in his mouth. So it's just like, I just let him be. I just make sure he's not putting anything, you know, toxic in his mouth or obviously toxic. But it was like, okay, I'm not going to get anything done if I'm constantly trying to pull stuff out of your mouth. So I just would keep an eye on him, you know, make sure whatever I saw go in eventually was coming out. But and normally he's getting to the point where I'm like, Remy, what's in your mouth? Can you spit that out? And he'll kind of like look at me and spit it out. <laughs> um, but the more if I try and like chase after me instantly, it's like game and like runs away. So I'm just trying to avoid that turning into a thing. <laughs> I love it. And it's really funny that he like starts to make a game of it. When we did some dog training, I feel like there was a lot of similarities of like kids and pets. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you want your kid, your dog to let it go, you can't chase after them. You have to like stay there and then talk to them. But once you start to go after them, they run. And it's just phenomenal. I mean, kids eventually get out of that stage, but those oh, pets totally don't. But you know what? I feel like we don't spend enough outside in the dirt and getting all the nutrients and minerals from like contact with the ground. So it's probably actually yeah. good for your kid. What I assume too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's go move on to our tips of the week. So these are tips that are movement, nutrition, mindfulness, motherhood, and anything to make life a little less hard. My tip for this week is find a good place to get takeout or go out to dinner or something along those lines that's quick and not very expensive and that you feel comfortable going to. Because yes, we all want to prep our like plan ahead we you know we can meal plan we can meal prep but there's going to be those nights where you don't want to make dishes you don't want to do dishes and you just want to have a meal that you feel pretty good about depending on where you are is going to depend on what your options are so for us we have a couple we are we are fortunate enough and there's a new place coming in that I'm really excited about that I think will be another go-to that for me, it has gluten-free options. Uh, we have a pizza place. My husband and I both don't do well with cow dairy, but you make your own pizza and we can just get plain goat cheese on there and I can get a cauliflower crust and my kid can get whatever she wants. And 
it's like under $30 for the three of us. It's, we can get in and out in, I mean, we could do, we usually eat there, but we could take out, we have no dishes and it's easy. The other go-to we have, we usually do like Qdoba or Chipotle with burritos, that kind of thing. And I just, you want to know ahead of time what you're getting at the, one of these places, because, you know, even, even if it's, even if it's a fast food restaurant, because that's all that you have available, look at the menu when you're not in a rush and you're not stressed and say, you know what, I'm okay eating this at this place. So if we're in a bind, this is what we're going to do. So that way you, all your decisions are taken, you know, there's no stress about it. You don't need to feel guilty about it because this is your, this is your backup plan. And, or maybe even it's your enjoyment or your Friday night or what have you when you're tired and exhausted. But just plan ahead and and figure out what place works for you with that. Yeah, I think that's great. I love that tip. We have a hard time finding good stuff around us. We had this great restaurant and then it closed down. It was really sad. Oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah, but that's okay. There's actually sushi by us. That should be our new go-to. Not that that's cheap. <laughs> but anyways, I think that's a great tip. What's your tip for the week? Mine is sticking to routines and doing it even when things feel hard and you just like really want to give in. Um, And even this kind of goes back to the boundaries thing. I feel like setting up good boundaries around it because, oh my gosh, routines, I've just really noticed that the more consistent we are with them, um, you know, the better things are. And even though there's times where it's like, oh, I just want to slip up or I just want to do this, it, it always makes life harder even like 10 minutes later, you know, or like 30 minutes later. So um, last, what was it, two nights ago, we started night weaning. And honestly, I have to say it's been amazing and easy. And like, I can't complain at all because he's just like, oh, okay, I don't get any more milk and has been like totally fine. But um, I mean, he cried obviously a little bit and like woke up a bunch more. But then it was like, it actually helped whatever for whatever reason for me to go in. And I feel like once he saw me and realized I, I wasn't going to give him milk, he like was fine. But um, last night he actually ended up throwing up in his bed. The poor little guy. I have no idea why. And I was just so tempted. Like I just felt so bad um, for him. And he was just like looked so sad. And I was just like really tempted to nurse him and, you know, or like take him into our bed and just like cuddle him because I was like, you poor thing, you know, but he was fine. He didn't have a fever. He was acting happy while we were changing him. And I was like, you know what? No, like <laughs> this night weaning thing is working really well. Like, don't screw it up. Like, why mess with it? And he like, you know, cried a little bit more just because I obviously had come in there and picked him up and, you know, was changing him and was messing with him. And it was like the middle of the night and all the lights were on. But he that went back to sleep afterwards and did totally fine and slept through the night. So or for the rest of the night. So anyways, it was just an example of like, yes, OK, this is why I stick to routines, because even after I got in bed, I was like, oh, should I go get him? I feel so bad. I was like, No, 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 no. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think. We are going to, we should kind of develop on this. We'll talk about it more next week and developing routines. I mean, if you don't, you you have to have a routine in order to stick with it. So uh, I, I love yes. that suggestion <laughs> and we will definitely dive more into it next week. Sounds good. All right. So for our topic for the week, we want to talk about measures of health. And I want to start with that. I believe, and I think a lot of people in this community and in general are starting to realize that weight 
is a poor measure of health, that that number on the scale has little to nothing to do with how healthy you are or you feel. And I understand and respect the drive of using it as a measure of health because it's so easy to take and see because you step on the scale and it gives you a number. You can track it, you can log it, and you can just see the change over time. But in reality, there's so much that goes into weight and it's genetics, it's body structure, it's muscle mass, it's uh, hydration for the day, sodium intake. There are so many factors when it comes to weight that using weight and using weight loss in particular is just a not ideal measure of of progress if you're if that's what you're going for or lack of progress if you feel like you've quote unquote fallen off the wagon or that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, if it's okay, I want to share two client stories that just illustrate this. Definitely. So my my first one is I had a client and this was gosh, back when I was first NTP, like I wish I knew what I knew now when I was talking to her. And she was, I mean, by, you know, medical definition, morbidly obese. I mean, she, you know, medically did have weight to lose. And we were working together for maybe, she actually signed up for like a eight session package, I forget what. And we had maybe been session three, four. So maybe working together for like a month and a half. I mean, not that long. And she had lost like five or six pounds by then. So by no means like a huge amount of weight for how much she had to lose. You know, when you like are watching those like weight loss shows because they lose like, you know, 20 pounds in a week or something ridiculous. Um, But, you know, she was losing weight. But more notably, she was reporting. I mean, she would be like, oh, I have so much more energy. She wasn't having these afternoon crashes. She was sleeping way better. Like, so many positive things that she'd report, okay? Like every session, that's how she'd start. Like, oh, I noticed this. And then, yeah, my stomach, like her stomach wasn't hurting anymore. She was having all kinds of like digestive issues and they were like almost gone. And so I'd be like, you know, like, great, okay. And so she comes to me one session is just like, this isn't working. And I'm like, okay. And this was literally like 10 minutes after she had told me all these positive things. And I was like, okay, what, what's not working? She goes, this program, it's not working. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like, you know, I I noticed you said this, this, and this that were, you know, the positive effects. What's not working about it? She's like, I don't feel socially isolated and starving all the time. And I was like, and I thought she was like, I literally thought she was kidding. I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of the point. She goes, yeah, but anytime I've lost a lot of weight, that's how I felt. And she goes, I'm not feeling that way. So I don't, I can't keep doing this. And I never actually heard from her again after that session. Like, she didn't even use up the rest of the appointment she had. Um, I mean, we talked, obviously, a lot more after that, like, you know, within that session. But basically, for her, um, weight was the only measure of success. Like, all those other things didn't matter. And she, for her, she needed to feel completely socially isolated and starving in order for that weight loss to happen. And that's what she wanted. So... It's just an example of when you're focusing so much on weight as your only measure, you miss these other amazing things. And she's an extreme example, but I will say I've had many clients who are like that. They come with me to really all these positive changes, like the analysis we use is so is so improved, like they have so many less symptoms, but they're not 
happy because the weight loss hasn't happened. You know, they wanted to lose 15 pounds and they've only lost 10 pounds. And most of the time it hasn't even been that much time. So that's one example, a little extreme example, but I will like never forget her. Um, and then the other one is a little bit of an opposite one. So this is actually a male client I work with, but I think it still illustrates the point. So he, um, he overall, it's actually kind of fun. He overall really wants just the health aspect of it. Weight is kind of a secondary thing for him. Um, but he definitely is like, oh, I want to lose these like love handles and electric belly fat I have. And we've been doing a little bit of a detox with him. He has some chronic health issues. So he came to me last session and is like, I've lost seven pounds. And he's very like neutral faced about everything. So I'm like, is that good or bad? I'm not really sure. And because I literally had no idea if it was good or bad. And I was like, okay, like, where do you feel like you're losing the weight from? And he's like, oh my, and he like stands up with this over Skype and like shows me his belly. <laughs> he's, he's really funny. And he's like, my love handles are like smaller. And look, I have like less belly fat. And I was like, okay, great. Like, perfect. Okay, that's where we want the weight to be coming from. But had I not checked that, he could have been losing the weight. He he works out a lot. If he had been still had the belly fat and still kind of had the love handle areas, you know, and didn't feel like he was losing it from there, then that weight loss would have actually been a really bad thing because it would have told me his body was eating away at his muscles. And honestly, that's what tends to happen for a lot of people is they're losing weight from their muscles, from protein sources where you do not want to be losing weight from. So anyways, that is why weight just in itself is not a good measure. Hopefully those are two examples that show you that. (laughs) Those are great. And I like how they were kind of both opposite ends of the spectrum of, you know, how they can be Mm -hmm. good and bad. And again, it's, they're just numbers and numbers are great, but you touched on a bunch of things from your first client uh, that, that client was finding that would be great measures of health. And I think the hard part is that we, we want to be quantitative. We want to have numbers to things. So some of the ways that I would say, and this is something that, that my uh, functional medicine practitioner worked with me with was I said, well, what are my goals? Well, my goals were, I want more energy. I want, I don't want to be as foggy in the morning. I want to sleep better. And so he said, okay, so I mean, I think I was, I probably had six or seven total things that I wanted. And it was like, okay, well, tell me where we're starting at on a scale of zero to 10. 10 is, this is terrible. And it really needs work. Zero is, I can't imagine this could be any better. So you start, you give it a number. And then every week, every two weeks, you go in, you try not to look at your last numbers. And you say, where do I feel on, you know, my aches and pains today? my stomach discomfort, even I could, it would even say like bloating and you can, I'm more okay with using a measuring tape as a, as a measure of success as well, or a measure of progress than actual numbers on the scale. Because I, there's so many people that, and it's not a problem to have body physique goals, but that's still different than weight. Do you have any like tried and true ways that you like to help people really measure progress? Um, I agree with the like it's almost assigning a number scale to symptoms or 
even just goals of like, oh, I want to have enough energy to be able to do this and this. Or after my workouts, I want to still have energy to play with my kid. Um, You know, really clear things. So I really work with people to make sure those types of things are very, like as objective as possible, basically. So you're not like, do I have more energy? And a lot of times, anytime clients are saying things, I try to make notes and I won't always point it out to them. But like a few sessions later, I'll be like, oh, you know, how's this? And they'd be like, oh, that's totally fine. And I'm like, oh, well, on the first session, you said that, you know, when you were coming home, you couldn't even make dinner because you were so exhausted. And they were like, oh, yeah, you're right. And because sometimes we just forget <laughs> when things are crappy, we like instantly forget when they're better. So Sometimes writing things down and being really clear is helpful because sometimes you do not see your progress when you're when you're in it. So yeah, anything you can make as objective as possible is is helpful. Um, I yeah I agree on the measuring tape. The only thing I have against measuring tape sometimes is bloating. I feel like changes things so much. Or same thing with like putting on your pants. Um, but sometimes it can be a good measure of bloating too. Obviously, if you're bloating all the time, then we'd be working on stuff anyways. But I think just keeping that in mind, that bloating definitely impacts your pant size. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that's that's what I use too. Awesome. Yeah, I. It's funny. I I do feel like sometimes I take for granted goal writing because as a physical therapist, that's something that we do for our clients and it has to be measurable and objective and functional and just relate to the client. And you can't just say like, I mean, we can sometimes can, and, and I sometimes do, but I always try to relate it back to function. Like we'll be a five out of five muscle testing kind of thing. You want it to be, you know, can run up two flights of stairs without breathing hard. This is not a goal for me right now. I'd like to maybe walk up two steps without breathing hard, but <laughs> something that it's just maybe, you know, I think, I think using a level of fitness can be, can be really great for goals. So whether it's, well, I take my dog for a walk and I'm really exhausted by the end. Well, I want to use my measure of health and fitness be based on how far I can walk the dog. You know, can I walk the dog two laps around, three laps around or what have you, or even starting to do amount of weight that I'm lifting and doing and that kind of thing versus, oh, well, let me, you know, if I'm trying to bulk up, let me measure my muscles and that kind of thing. Well, it's like, let's see what the, if you're stronger or maybe my, one of my quote unquote New Year's resolutions, my goal um, last year was to be able to do a pull up. And it was like, okay, beginning, beginning of the year, I couldn't do what I want at all. By the end of the year, I got a pull up. I might have gotten two at one point. Nice. And it's just, it was just a, a, just a measure of health. And it was just, this is how I do and how I feel. And I feel like everyone is so individual. They need to find their own measures. And the only way to, to really track progress, like you said, when you're, when you're feeling better, you sometimes forget how crappy you felt before. Whereas... Most people don't forget that number on the scale. It's like, well, I weighed that and now I weighed this. And that's really hard. And I think that especially postpartum mamas, it's like the weight that I was before I was pregnant is such a clear and strong goal. And it's like, you feel so crappy 
after having a baby, there are so many more important things to look at and to work on than the number on the scale. It's like, okay, am I breastfeeding? Do I want to keep breastfeeding? Is that being successful? Yes or no? No? Well, okay, then maybe that's, maybe that's a measure of health. Maybe that's something that we need to look into. Is it, do I have no energy? I know that I'm not sleeping and all this, but I want to have some energy. Well, how do we do that? Oh, well, you know what? I want to be able to take my baby for a walk around the neighborhood once a day or three times a week and feel okay doing it. Those are, those are measures of health and how we feel and the things that I don't really want people to focus on the negative things, but if we don't write them down and we don't track them, then it's a whole lot harder to say, this has gotten better. Until, you know, my my husband's great. He'll remind me, like, remember when you were like this? I'll be like, oh, yeah. Even a potty training thing. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, oh, we've been doing this for a year and a half. And I feel like it's gotten worse. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh. Remember when you guys came to visit us six months ago? And this is what it was then? I was like, oh, you're right. It has gotten a lot better. And it just... (laughs) Our own perspective can be skewed a lot. So I really like that you noted just remembering where you were and how far you've come. That That is such a better kind of, I want to say it's more of a happiness booster than mm-hmm. um, more of lasting effects than just the number on the scale. Because I don't know about you, but in my previous life is like, oh, the number's lower. That's number. Th-. And you're like, I just want to get it. How low can I get it? Or what have <laughs> you? And it's like, oh, wait, I I can't, I can't lift this thing up anymore. I have no energy anymore because I'm not feeling mm-hmm. my body, but the number's great. Totally. And so I think that's, that's sort of my takeaway for the, for the day. Anything else to add? Uh, yeah, I did want to add one pushback I get from a lot of clients that I'm trying to go because I try, you know, try and talk about this with people, obviously, very uh, directly is they're like, yeah, but I have to lose weight for my health. You know, again, like I've worked with clients who are, you know, medically morbidly obese. Like, yes, it is proven that that is not, um, you know, good for your health. That being said, no matter where you are on this like scale, Weight is still a side effect of a healthy running body. It is, to me, never the thing to solely be focusing on. Because the second you do, like the, I mean, if you are, if you have a lot of weight to lose, really the, you know, the way to lose weight that has been proven is to cut calories and to restrict. And yes, when you have a lot of weight to lose, it does work. But what they've shown over and 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 over again, just emphasizing that point, is the second you stop restricting, people gain the weight back and oftentimes more. So it's kind of like, great, so you've lost the weight and now you're just going to gain it back. And it's been shown that that fluctuation in weight, so actually fluctuating up and down is actually worse and you're more likely to have a heart attack or some kind of cardiovascular issue than if you just stayed overweight or even obese. So it's kind of like, what what's your option? You know, like, what is the alternative? And the alternative is to just focus on these other measures Focus on the things that we can control, like eating right, sleeping, moving your body, you know, managing your stress. Those are all things that are directly within our control. Weight is never directly in your control. 
because ultimately there are people who do all the you know right things, quote unquote, and they don't lose weight. So weight is not completely in our control. We think it is, it's not. And so it's like, do all the right things that you have control over. And when your body is in balance and functioning well, it will go to a weight that it feels comfortable with. Weight loss kind of tends to happen as a side effect of that. But it's not going to happen from a place of like just focusing fully on the numbers. And it's like, it's almost like the more you focus on, I feel like the more your body resists it. And that gets into some like negative thinking and mindset stuff that was probably a lot bigger than, (laughs) I won't get into that, but it absolutely does impact things. So I just urge you to really just focus on the things that you absolutely directly have control over because you never directly have control over your weight. The other thing is, is there's actually studies that show being in the um, like overweight category on BMI, you actually, I think people who are in there tend to actually have longer lifespans than people who are in normal. I think, I think it's like the people who are overweight and fit. So, um, I mean, if you're looking to have a nice, long, healthy life, like being overweight and fit is actually, I think, been proven to be the place to, to sit at. So not saying you should purposely go out and like gain weight, but I think that BMI is a bad measure. So again, maybe another topic, but <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I, that's like my favorite study is the one that says, you know, that, that overweight BMI and yes, don't use BMI because it takes weight into consideration and that, that means nothing. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the story of my life. I've always been that like 26 or whatever BMI, which is considered overweight. And just no matter how fit I have been, it's like, oh, well, you know what? That study says that a little extra fat is good for me. Mm-hmm. It's great for fertility. You know, mm-hmm. people that lose too much weight, you often lose your period. So anyways, I think that, we touched on a lot of good things here and hopefully that you all have a little better perspective or or a different perspective to measure your success and achieve your goals and maybe even just to write your goals. I think that that's really important, Um, especially as we're kind of midway through the year now. It's sort of that time where people start looking at like, oh, well, it's six months since January 1st and how am I doing on my New Year's resolution? Well, depends on how you wrote your new year's resolution you know that i think that that's a big a big piece of that so that's a wrap thank you so much for joining us today next week we're going to talk about sticking to routines follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions you can find me beth at feats of real eats on instagram and facebook and andrea is now at drandreamore.com please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review show notes for this episode and all podcast related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com